Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time our roundtable, Community Outreach, Chicago Veterans, You Decide. Saturday, April 1st, 2023. April is Sexual Assault, Minority Health, and Autism Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayton, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have another familiar voice and familiar face on the line with us today. That is Rochelle Crump. She is a U.S. Army veteran and founder and president of the National Women's Veterans United. And Jim Balser, he's a highly decorated U.S. Marine Corps Vietnam vet, former 11th Ward Alderman, and director of City of Chicago Veterans Affairs Office. And we're going to talk about the next mayor's qualifications for addressing issues and concerns of the State of Chicago veteran community. What is that going to be all about? How are you doing, Rochelle? I'm doing fine, Sean. How are you? And thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate it. Doing pretty good. And Jim, how are you doing? Sean, I couldn't be better. I'm retired and I'm happy. I'm sitting here with my wife and my grandchildren. So I uh, I did my time in politics and in, in the military, but I'm honored to be on your show along with Rochelle, who is a great friend and uh, the best woman's advocate for uh, veterans in the state of Illinois and probably the country. Outstanding. We also have a guest on the line with us today, too, as well. Mr. Vallis, Paul Vallis has called in to say a couple of words. How are you doing, Mr. Vallis? I'm great, great, and and it's so nice to hear from Jim. Jim, congratulations on all you have done uh, for uh, vets. You know, as uh, as a father of two veterans, and as a a son of a veteran, and and as a brother of a veteran, and and being a veteran myself, 13 years in the Army National Guard, uh, I I just appreciate all that the veterans have done for us. And I think, uh, and Jim, of course, when you were in the city council, you really led the way. There's really been a vacuum since your departure, and I want to I want to congratulate uh, Cliff Kelly, uh, the American the uh, America's Heroes Group Show, uh, for really providing a platform that has given military veterans and their families an opportunity to be heard, to raise their issues, and to really put pressure on on our government to really provide uh, the type of response and support that our veterans truly deserve. Um, my older boy of course, was a combat veteran in Afghanistan. He's now a Chicago firefighter in Englewood, and, and he works with veteran groups uh, of almost tirelessly, particularly with those returning veterans and those veterans uh, who have suffered from post-traumatic stress. And, and he and Terry Hiller, the former uh, uh, Vietnam veteran uh, 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 police superintendent uh, twice in Chicago, they and a group uh, of, of combat vets have been extremely active in helping other veterans. So I just want to congratulate you, and I want to congratulate Cliff, of course, a Vietnam veteran himself and a longtime friend, uh, for really doing heroic work here, because it's good that the veterans have a platform. Unfortunately, they're too often ignored and denied the basic benefits that they're entitled to. I agree with that. Good words from a good man. Appreciate your time, and I should appreciate you for calling in, Mr. Vallis. I will tell you. Go ahead, Paul. No, no, I was just going to say it's my pleasure. I look forward to, uh, if I'm fortunate enough to get elected mayor, uh, to to uh, 
uh, come on the show whenever invited. And obviously, <laughs> you know, I think we finally have to fill that uh, position in the Office of Veterans Affairs. I mean, the city can be playing, uh, you know, uh, such a, a much more larger comprehensive role in providing the support that our veterans need. And, uh, and at the end of the day, obviously, that will be my priority coming from a, a family of five veterans. So, again, I appreciate the invitation, and it's great uh, to hear uh, Jim, and God bless all of you. God bless you. I will. And this, I in mean, all fairness, I mean, all fairness, we did reach out to uh, uh, Gordon um, Brandon Johnson's uh, uh, campaign as well, but did not connect with him. So, so, so everybody knows about that. So, we want to talk I about mean, what is upcoming in this election. What are some of the things we are looking for for leadership in this country, particularly around the veteran community? We want to know, Rochelle. Tell us what are you looking for in a candidate, and also what is important to you that's going to make you vote for that person. Well, thank you so much, Sean. Because the first thing I want to say is that. We don't want anyone to forget that women serve, too. That would be the top thing that I am pushing. You know, a lot of times we talk about veterans and post-traumatic stress disorder, Vietnam. Women veterans served in Vietnam also. And so they have issues pertaining to that. They were nurses, and they did a heck of a lot of things, even when they came home to continue serving. So that would be the first thing is not to forget women. So when you say thank you to Men, you have to say thank you to women also because there is no difference between the sacrifices that they made from one day to another while they were in Vietnam and when they came home. So, you know, when we talk about the veterans and the post-traumatic stress disorder and all of those uh, illnesses that were caused as a result of their, of their service, we have to remember that, you know, certain things are triggers and, and they – also, you know, wind up being homeless in so many ways. And so, you know, this thing with homelessness, we've got to do something about it. You know, it's almost like when we start talking about the crime. When we talk about the crime, we should also be talking about homelessness. When we talk about the crime, we should also be talking about veterans. So we should never forget that those men and women who serve this nation deserve so much more. They don't deserve to have to go to shelters and be in the process and in a system that basically is also connected to those who have made bad choices in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we forgive those people when they do those things, but, you know, just think of you going into combat and you coming home and you get off track and your PTSD takes you, you know, a long way from being, you know, what you could be doing in terms of working and serving your country some more, but you wind up homeless and you wind up on the streets, you know. We should not have to put them in a shelter and then they're marching them around like they've done something wrong in the nation other than what they've done. So that would be the two things that I am most concerned about, and especially, and I have to say it again, women serve this country too. They serve land, air, and sea. And so we should never, ever forget that. And it just perturbs me when I don't hear, you know, the sentiments of them talking about women. Yes, men are, you know, the dominant uh, males that vertically serve the country, but you know what? Women did a heck of a lot of things that men didn't do, and so they saw a lot just like they did, you know? And I want to say that Jim's mother is actually a veteran also, you know? And that makes it even more unique and more, you know, uh, for him to be able to never forget that women are veterans, and he's done a great job at that. I have to give him kudos for that. He's always, you know, um, been beside me and I've been beside him, you know, 
working things for veterans and making sure that veterans were, were never forgotten. And we did some mighty things when we were with the Department of uh, Veterans Affairs with the city. And you also have this great museum behind you, which is the headquarters of National Women's Veterans United. Tell us about your ad- where's your address and tell us about your museum you have there. Yeah, our address is 8620 South Pulaski Road in the lower level. And, uh, you know, this is a catch-all place. You know, it's a place where women can come and they can feel like they're at home because that's how we treat them. We treat each other as sisters. We treat each other with dignity and respect. And we know all of the things that they have done. And so we lift each other up. And the biggest thing here is we write for ourselves and we will not be left out of history because a lot of times, you know, we are ignored, we are forgotten, and certainly, you know, we have a long way to go before we could even be, you know, the numbers that would make us even significant in history. You know, 15%, 12%, you know, mm-hmm. that's not a lot. And so it's male-dominated with your American Legions, DAV, VFW, all of those organizations that, you know, they mean well, but a lot of times they don't do well. So, Jim, tell me, what are you looking in for a candidate for this election? And also, what are some of the issues that are important to you? Thank you. Uh, Rochelle, thanks for mentioning my mother. It brings tears to my eyes, but you you never, ever have forgotten about her. And my mother served in World War II. I had two brothers that served during Vietnam. My grandfather served in World War I and World War II. And, of course, I served in the Marine Corps uh, in Vietnam, which I'm very proud. Uh, Number one, I'd like to say thanks to Paul. He helped bring back the Memorial Day Parade, which included the ROTC. I think it was 1998 or 1999, we brought it back to downtown Chicago. And if the, 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 one of the biggest things to me, Sean, we can we got to commend Alderman Viegas for putting $250,000 into the city budget to hire a director of Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, they're just starting to do that now. They're, that spot has been vacant for, I think, four years or longer. Wow. And we look at the issue. Oh, it's, it's, it's a shame. And Rochelle and I, we did a million things together going back to 1989. I was there for seven years, and then I was appointed alderman in 97. But if you look at the issues, you have homelessness. Remember Jim Prophet, Rochelle? One-third yeah. of the homeless population is veterans, women wow. veterans. You're, you're, you're talking about domestic violence, housing. Rochelle emphasizes those issues. She, no one has done a better job. Uh, myself, PTSD. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I left the city council. I was, well, forced out by my, because of vertigo and PTSD. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I have gone to counseling Mm -hmm. for the last eight years, and I will continue doing that. And what if someone calls up the city? From what I understand now, you call up a number, it's disconnected. Mm. I mean, I don't believe what's going on with this stuff. And that's why we need leadership in there, like Paul will provide as mayor of the city of Chicago. Housing. I mean, come on. We need housing for the veterans. We need help. And if you look at, you want to talk about a voting population, I think 60,000, there's 60,000 veterans in Chicago. Now, if you start including their families, their friends, their relatives, the numbers Mm -hmm. jump. Mm -hmm. What about the people that are serving in the military? And look at city Mm -hmm. city workers. When I was an alderman, we worked to help uh, National Guardsmen and reservists who were and para, National Guardsmen and Reservists and police, fire, and paramedic and city employees who were called up to active, active duty. They need help. Where do they go? 
I mean, if there's no one there telling them where to go and what to do, you have this void, this problem. That is why we, we've got to do something for it. And that's why I, I will tell you right now, I voted for Paul Vallis. <laughs> and uh, I will, you know, I, I hope he wins. Uh, you know, we've got to do something. We have to do something. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And let, let me say one more thing about this. Mm-hmm. Paul Vallis stood with us at Soldier Field, and I think it was six months ago, when they, they were looking at uh, corp- changing the name or corporate sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And he was with with us before he even announced. I mean, that's an important thing, and people forget that Soldier Field was changed, had, had the name Soldier Field because of the Gold Star Mothers of World War One, who lost their sons and daughters in the military. So those are the reasons that are uh, the most important uh, to me. And believe me, I will be out there again uh, if we don't get the support we need. And I know Rochelle will be right there with me. Now, it's interesting because mm-hmm. you brought up like a lot of the things that Paul Blas has done in Chicago. Now, he has a track record outside of Chicago in New Orleans and other places where he has not been as effective and has been criticized um, a lot in the media across the country and so on. What do you say about that, Jim? How, what do you, what's, what, how can you speak to that, or how does that affect your opinion about his leadership? Well, it, 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 it doesn't affect – when they say he's not – are they talking about veterans? Are they talking about the ROTC? Right. Are they talking about the military? Mm-hmm. Tell me what it is. If they're talking about running the school systems, I, you know, I didn't follow him into those states, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But again, as far as I'm concerned with the military, the veterans, the ROTC, he has done a magnificent job. Okay, okay. Rochelle. So tell me what. So in your so in your view, um, where are you where are you leaning? So since uh, Jim has kind of mentioned what he's who he's voting for, who are you voting for, and then well, and what yeah, some well, of reasons. You know, the biggest thing is this. People have to remember a lot of veterans such as myself are not red or not blue. Mm-hmm. We are red, white, and blue. Right. And we only gravitate to those who basically can talk about veteran issues and they can put that on the line because all other things, you know, yes, they matter. Those things matter. Crime is up, you know. It affects veterans in a lot of ways because veterans have been killed on these streets coming back from you know, right. Afghanistan and from Iraq and have died in the street when they came home to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are important issues, too. But we want to make sure that the people who come to those offices understand that they have a duty to do. And they need to stand up and do those duties for those who stood up for them, put their lives on the line for this country, for this nation, for this city and the community. You know, so we want to make sure that we have people like Paul Vallis who understands exactly how to run a military or understand how veterans can help in the communities and be a presence. No one has really, really reached out, you know, in that in that avenue to say that veterans can do more things in the community that we do anyway by mentoring youth in the ROTC, mentoring them in the Boy Scouts and things of those natures to make sure that they understand about military and how that affects their lives as well, as well as their parents and the school systems and everything around that. We have to remember that military veterans are a gem to the nation. Mm -hmm. We are. You know, and you're a veteran yourself, and we don't want to leave you out, Sean. Thank you for your service also, you know. This this is the thing that I'm concerned about, though. This is the thing that we talked about this in the earlier segment, that a lot of the kids here in Chicago, even my my recruiter told me this Mm -hmm. when I joined the military and I joined the National Guard 20 years ago. He said that he had a hard time trying to find young men and women 
who could even make the qualifications to join the military because they're not even being prepared. They're, they're coming mm-hmm. out, of, out of school, high school, barely knowing how to read, barely knowing the basic skills to pass the ASVAT, mm-hmm. which is the test to get into the military. And now we're hearing about the fact that kids aren't even in shape. Their, their health is to, to the point where they can't even qualify to join the military to meet the physical requirements. So they can't mm-hmm. meet the educational or the physical requirements. So we have, we have a lot of work to do to, to improve. And that reflects the violence. That reflects all the things that we're seeing in our, in our streets. Because if the kids are not being educated and are not being raised in a healthy manner, that is going to breed. It's going to give you all of the crime and all of the problems that we have in, in, this, in the city, across the city. I, now, let's look at I, the same thing. No, Jim, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I, Let me tell you something. I mean, just one of the things I encountered in the city council, I had a young Marine call me up. He had served in the Marine Corps, was in Afghanistan. He took the police test, and he failed because they said he wasn't orally qualified. I couldn't believe that. I called them because I knew where to go and what to do. I called it, I, who, number one, who had the contract? I called them in front of me, in front of the, I believe it was the police and fire committee. And I asked him, I said, do you, the questions you ask uh, someone that was in the military, if they killed people and they seen combat, yes, yes, this. And then I said, do you ever ask them if they did anything good? Save a life, drive a truck? He looked at me dumbfounded. But that's, that's the, the, the problems that are conf- little things that, are, that, that have to be confronted. And that's why we need someone sitting in the mayor's chair to guide the council and to have help. And like I said, with Alderman Vegas. Thank God he put $250,000 in the budget. And not to have someone who sits up in an office and they, they don't want to do anything. Mm. Now, yeah. we did reach out and, and extend the invitation to also Brandon Johnson. We wanted Brandon Johnson to give us a call as well. We weren't able to connect with him. But if mm-hmm. he's out there, if you're listening, if you have anybody in your, in your team listening, give us a call. Call us up at WVON. Our number is... Right. I don't want to stray away from that education piece, Sean. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to it because, you know what? Also, we need to look at the whole process and what's going wrong with the system. Let's look at how the school system, just like you said, are not making headway with a lot of kids. Hmm. So when the kids are not connecting to school, we have to do something different. We need to bring back those vocational-type programs in the schools so that kids don't have to go to prison to learn how to do certain things. There you go. That would be the first thing. <laughs> that is that, you the hit that right on the is, head. Oh, I, absolutely. You know, and I've been saying that over and over for years, but no, you know, it goes on deaf ears because when people hear things, that means they have to do something about it. So they don't want to have to hear it. You know what I'm saying? And there's but a lot of people have meant, that made that known. A lot of people have mentioned that they're about bringing back vocational schools. I've talked to and these are mostly veterans, by the way. A lot of veterans yeah, I, have, have made this absolutely. known. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's the first thing we need to do. I worked for DCFS and I'll tell you the families that they broke up, you know, the, the system itself, that system has been broken a long time because, you know, again, you have this rotation of directors and you have this rotation of everybody wants to start something new instead of working with what's working and adding on to that to make sure that the social workers can do the best that they can do with the families and things like that. So you've got all of that. All those things are going to fall into City Hall and they're going to fall into the laps of Paul Vallis and he needs good people on his side that know those ropes about the DCFS and all of those other things. Yes, right. it's a state issue too, but we all need to take responsibility for these children that are on the street, stop being scared of them, start talking to them and mentoring them. Mm-hmm. We need to do this. You well, know, we don't have to they don't have to be our children in order to do that. 
And once we again, have to do that. we have to tell them our stories. When we tell them our stories, then they can get a little sense of, you know, of knowledge about the country itself, because the veterans have seen the country. Brandon Johnson, make sure you give us a call. 312-705-5855. Love to hear your voice. Love to hear your opinions and thoughts. Um, all fairness and all balance, uh, just to be so because we had Paul Bowles called in was something we planned, but he called into our show. So we want to be balanced and as fair as possible. Yes, Get because we are a 501c3. Mm-hmm. And so our issues is we want the best person in place who would represent veterans, the metropolitan Chicagoland veterans who would appoint someone in that position that knows what the hell they're doing to address these issues and concerns that's related to our military population because men and women and their children that are veterans do not deserve to be on the street. They do not deserve to be treated like secondhand citizens. I have a problem with that. If we can open up a damn school for immigrants, we can get veterans off the street. We can place them someplace decent and clean. We need leadership. Mm -hmm. And a plan. Uh, Absolutely. And the people who can do those plans need to be at the table and stop ignoring those who who have the knowledge in order to get the work done. Mm -hmm. So I can promise you, I can promise you, I promise you, America's Heroes Group, we are mobile. And when I say mobile, we just came from D.C. We joined our partner there who sponsored us to come there. American Institute of Public Dental Health. Because veterans, some of them across this country, don't even have dental care to go to the dentist. So we went to Washington to let the elected officials know that taxpayers, us, are in your face. And we will no longer wait 10 more years for veterans to be able to go to the dentist to get their teeth, uh, uh, to, to get serviced by a dentist or to get dentures so they can chew food. So we will be well, at City Hall and we will be wherever it's needed. We're no longer waiting. Plan of action is action now. And, you know, and they should stop saying comprehensive care because comprehensive care is oral and physical uh, and medical conditions. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a uh, comprehensive care, you know, and they, it's misleading in so many ways because they want veterans to come to the VA hospital. And then when they go there, you know, a lot of them are not qualified. And then you get the big strong story for this. You know, we need to stop that. We mm-hmm. really do. And they need help also. And we're making a difference. Women are really making a difference in that. We're sitting on some of those committees and we're not sugarcoating anything. Now, Jim, so we talked about on our show earlier also about the fact that a lot of minority veterans and women veterans were denied benefits coming out of the military. They were disproportionately denied the things that they were entitled to um, as far as being just getting even an honorable discharge. Sometimes people were just, uh, just uh, given a discharge that was less than honorable because of some discrimination or something that happened to them in the military. A person might have had been sexually assaulted. A woman might have been sexually assaulted, suffered from MST. But then now they get a dishonorable discharge because they made a they made a complaint. I I will tell you as I tell everybody and Rochelle has known me for a long time. You got to speak up. You have to tell them just what the hell is going on. You can't sit down. You can't take it. You I I've been fighting the system now for fifty some years, and I I I know what it takes. I don't care who you are. You got to. And another thing is we got to stick together. We have to stick together. Who is it? Caesar that said divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. This group is here. That 
one of the first things I did when I became director of veterans, I found out, you know, you, I'd like to refer them as the five families, the American Legion, the VFW. Okay, you had them. But then I had to learn there were groups out there like the Monfort Point Marines, uh, the seven, I think it was a 760-something tank battalion, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the, uh, you know, the, the Golden 13. I, I found out all these different Hispanic groups, Asian groups, and we brought them under one umbrella. And one of the things, mm-hmm. Rochelle, remember when we had the, the reception for Veterans Day up at the mayor's office? Absolutely, yes. I, I, one of the first things I said, who got, who is the biggest group up here? And they, I forgot what group they said. I said, my goal was to put the numbers up there. And when I left, we filled it from city hall all the way to the count, the county building. So I tell everybody, we, we got to stick together and we got to stick up for Absolutely. each other. And we that, want to make sure that we acknowledge. We yeah. We need to yeah, acknowledge that, Harold Washington, Mayor Harold Washington, because he's the one that created that whole. Created that. Veteran. Wow. He was a veteran himself. Absolutely. Right. And I, fact, he died the day after the veterans reception. Wow. Yeah, that's and it was all that stuff. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. I, I've never forgotten, and I, I I learned the history of it. And I tell everybody, I tell everybody, I was just out for uh, National Vietnam Veterans Day, and I told everyone there, I said, you want to do something to remember those who died? I said, go out and vote. I said, whoever you vote for is your business. I said, but go out and vote. That's our democracy is all about that participation. When I I was part of the 1986 Welcome Home Parade, um, I I ran a a voter registration booth. Again, not telling people how to vote, but just to register and vote. Mm -hmm. So, Jim, Cliff and I created this show for the very same reason that you and Rochelle are talking about. Back in 2015, we incorporated the paperwork. We aired our first show April 2016 to give a platform so military, family members, veterans, armed forces could have a voice to voice their opinion. So that's that's what this platform is all about. And believe me, Rochelle and I just aired our opinions. <laughs> and thank you, because that's why we're here. See, we don't apologize, oh, no. and we break ed- we, we break China, and we crush eggshells. We're not going to apologize, mm-hmm. because we have to speak the truth to who, mm-hmm. who we pay taxes. We pay taxes. To, I, to, believe to, me, I got yeah. yeah, so they need to do what we say. They need to do what we say, not what uh, their special interests and their backdoor talks. We ne- they need to do what we say. And they here's, are, here's, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Here's what I, I'll, I'll tell you this because I know we're getting close to the end. Yeah. Let me say this. I, I asked my Vietnam veterans out there on uh, Tuesday, I think it was, or Wednesday. I said, how many, of you, how many of you were in Vietnam that were 18, 19, or 20? Raise your hand. The majority of them did. Yeah. I said, you couldn't mm-hmm. vote, could you? Mm. You yeah. could not vote. Right. And they, they said, yeah, we couldn't mm-hmm. vote. And, uh, you know, now take advantage of what, you know, this, this right that, that you have, yes. that you fought for. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.